the sun that shines while I sit outside crying, trying my best to completely stop time. I wish I knew when to start talking. I wish I knew how to shut up. I wish I could just sit in a corner and finally give up. Hello and welcome to the Grey Album Podcast. I'm Peter and I'm joined by Abraham and today we'll be talking about two films, uh, Brick and The Kid Detective. So uh, we'll start our discussion with Brick from 2005. Uh, what did you think, Abraham? Just give me your, your first thoughts upon seeing Brick. What a, what a great movie. Really, really, really great movie. Well made. Acting is good. The, even though the production is on like the, the lowest budget imaginable, it's just really well done. I loved everything about it. Top tier, S tier movie. Oh wow, I'm I'm surprised because like uh, you know when when picking the two movies to discuss for this episode, I was thinking, you know, what what do we do? Some, something like not too cliche, not not too old. So, so the, these two movies sort of spoke to me because I'm a fan of like the detective genre, the high school movie, the coming of age movie, and both of these I think are very underrated. You know, a lot of people haven't seen them, and uh, a big fan of both movies. But Brick is the one I'm I'm actually slightly cooler on. I don't I appreciate it more than I like it. You know, I I see the. I see the art in it, but it doesn't, uh, you know, there there are various aspects I have, like, slight issues with, and, and and just it doesn't quite pull together for me. But you you thought it really worked. Yeah, for me, just what the whole thing, ev- everything about it, I was sitting there just thinking, this is pure art, this is just, this is just exactly, exactly right. They just nailed it. Um, the the other one, the the kid detective was like, okay, that was that was a good movie, you know, interesting, a bit different, great movie, whatever. But it wasn't, it didn't wow me, it didn't pull me in the way Brick did. Mm, okay. And, and the thing well, was, well, when, when you just gave us the the titles for these for these movies, um, so Peter basically plans the the movies we watch, and I I just watched them. So I just downloaded uh, Brick without knowing anything about the plot or anything. So I just downloaded it and watched it. And it was really, it was really great. I'm not uh, normally, I'm not the the biggest fan of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I didn't like some of his other movies, including with the same director. I thought Looper was uh, not that great, but him in this movie, it was just fantastic. Yeah, I I think what were your, you know, you said you hadn't heard of uh, of either of these movies. What what did you like think just just by the title Brick, like? What 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 was the tone? What what did you think it was about? Maybe. Um, I really didn't have any any kind of reaction to the to the title. Preconception, break. okay. No, none. Kid detective. I thought it was literally like a kid who was a detective. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that movie. Like if it if it was like a sort of Disney, you know. Yeah, I thought it was like friendly. a super like light light hearted <laughs> movie about like a kid who's a detective, and uh, he just like. Uh, deals with with small small time petty crimes and yeah that's what i thought it would be from the from the title yeah were were you one of those children that like wanted to be a policeman or a detective yes very much i've actually done done some detective work myself if i if i can say so uh 
I was one of a team of people who like worked day and night to solve uh, an identity an identity fraud case a couple years ago. So um, I've done my I've done my share of detective work, if I can say so myself. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like, especially as a child, I had like no interest at all, and it's only recently like. You, you know the the noir genre and crime in general has has started to interest me more. But like, yeah, I definitely you know wouldn't have imagined myself as as you know a, a kid detective. But but anyway, back back to Brick. I'll I'll just you know provide provide some of the background. So it was made in two thousand five by uh, director Ryan Johnson. Uh, we we can maybe touch on some of his other movies but he famously did the last jedi uh knives out knives out 2 looper and uh some of the uh, apparently the best episodes of breaking bad uh i i've never seen breaking oh I, bad, you've but... never seen breaking bad? you need to watch breaking bad but i didn't know he he was involved in breaking bad yeah I, I think he did maybe like the i don't know apparently it's the episodes that the fans like agree are the best ones okay okay uh uh, yeah, so he's he's definitely like an interesting director. I guess I have like a love hate relationship with him, more towards the dislike side. But um, I I came across Brick I think first just before the his his Star Wars movie was coming out, and just to see oh what what has this guy guy done? And I I tried watching it, and I I got about thirty minutes in was was bored and lost you know confused by some of the dialogue and stuff and then i i picked it up a few years later and that time it it, it started to really hook me so it, it's basically this sort of neo-noir film about a uh a high schooler played by joseph gordon levitt who's uh solving you know the circumstances around the death of his ex-girlfriend, uh, who, who, who's called Emily, and it involves this uh, the titular brick, which is you know a, a package of heroin, and it's a very very low budget movie made for like half half a million dollars. I read somewhere that basically Ryan Johnson like asked his grandfather to lend him money, and like his parents who had a construction business, and like their friends. And he he wrote it when he was twenty two, which is quite impressive. And then spent like the next decade trying to cobble together the financing. And yeah, it worked. He he filmed it, I think, in two thousand three, very very quickly. You know, uh, quite quite a young cast. I think he was thirty. The cast was in their early twenties, and you know, not, none of them were were really that that famous. And it, it was a hit. It went to the Sundance Film Festival, got a, a limited theatrical release, and had sort of become a bit of a you know cult classic. It, it's one of those films you don't often hear about it, but you know certain people in the know are like, "Yes, you've got to watch Brick." Me now. <laughs> yeah. So could you? You've watched it. Uh, you know, try and explain the plot to me. Is what I'm asking. Okay, you. <laughs> so watching it for the first time, the plot was was it wasn't hard to follow, but there was a lot of names, um, and I wasn't sure which names matched which faces for a while. And I some a lot of the time I, I really did, didn't exactly know what was going on, 
But by the end of the movie, things were sort of explained and all came together and I, and I got my bearings. And I'm sure watching it a second time, I'd be able to get everything from the start. Um, so basically, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, um, his ex-girlfriend is into drugs, into the bad crowd. He's worried about her. Um, he, 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 I think he realizes that he can't save her, but he just wants to make sure that she's not in too deep. She's not doing anything too dangerous. Um, and then, she, then he, he, he sets, so there's this, there's this side character called Brain, who Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character uses to, like, coordinate a lot of his actions. Instead of just going up and saying hello to someone, even though they're all in the same high school, he gets this brain guy to, to set up his communications with other people, including with his ex-girlfriend. So he sets up a call with her uh, at a payphone um, on the highway. Uh, side note, the payphone was one of the only uh, props used in the in the shooting of the movie. Most of the other locations and and uh, props and things they use are like real things in that city in, or town in California. But the payphone, oh, I didn't was, know that. The payphone they, they built it themselves for the for the scene. Um, so he phones her and she's telling her, she she tells him he he arranges the phone call at the phone booth. He picks up the phone, speaks to her. She she's worried about something. She mentions a brick. Um, she thinks she's done something she shouldn't have. She seems very scared. And then suddenly uh, something freaks her out and she, she ends the phone call. A car drives past uh, and a cigarette is thrown out of the car. Um, and the cigarette has a sort of distinct uh, label on it, uh, suggesting it's not It's a, like an arrow it's or an something. Arrow, yeah, so it's like a, a, niche, a niche brand. Then he managed to use that brain guy again to track down her in person. Uh, she's hanging out with this new boyfriend who's like this emo kid like this is like this is like classic mid 2000s emo just yeah. just 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 picture your mid 2000s emo not late 2000s emo but like more like authentic mid 2000s emo what, what what's the difference i'm not I'm i feel not like emos well in 2009 were, were kind of like like hipsters in 2017 like they're just like normies who just followed the trend whereas the original emos were like the you know the path forgers they were the hardcore ones interesting yeah, it was it was a strange thing where that went like very mainstream and no one really minded. I don't know, like you, I I would see people like looking exactly like him in music videos to you know songs I never listened to, but uh, you know back in back in two thousand six or something. Anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so he. He sees her. She tells him, "No, th listen. Everything's fine. Forget about what I said on the phone. I was just being silly. Um, just leave me alone. We're 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 done. You need to stop like loving me." Um, and then I can't really remember what happened. The order of things. There's, there, so there's like the there's the party scene. Oh yeah, then there's the party. He, yeah. So for, so he, he sneaks into the party by yeah. uh, who's that girl? Is it uh... the black girl? Well, no, she yeah, she gets him to the party. She's Kara, I think. Yeah, Kara, the, the black girl. She's also like a femme. Laura femme. is is like the femme fatale. But Kara's also a bit of a femme fatale. There's two. Yes. Also, uh, after that movie, I literally need a femme fatale GF. Just need to, just need to put that out there. <laughs> okay, who'll, who'll you know betray you? Um, <laughs> you know, be the cause of your downfall. <laughs> Many such cases. Yeah, that's what you know. Secretly, that's what every, every everyone wants. That 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 that's the real like uh, you know psychological insight of uh, film noir. It's just like that that every every man wants to be betrayed by 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 some some woman. 
but uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there's the party scene. Um, important to say, I think the very first shot of the movie is you see Emily dead. Yes, in, yeah, in the tunnel. That. Yeah, with, with she's got this like, yeah, she she's got this uh, blue bracelet and her hands like in in the water, and it, it very much reminded me of like a Twin Peaks sort of thing, you know, the mm, the blonde mm. girl like yeah, dead there, in there the was water. there was quite a few a few kind of Fincher esque, uh, not Fincher, but Lynch. There was quite a few uh, Lynch-esque moments I thought in the movie, including the reveal of the pin later on in the basement with his club foot. That very much reminded me of a, a Lynch movie. Hmm, okay. Yeah, so, so like, the, I think the first, like, 20 minutes are this, like, flashback, or 30 minutes, and then at some point, uh, you know, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character discovers her dead, and then that sets, that sets in motion the rest of the plot, which basically, it's him, like, trying to infiltrate this drug gang uh led by a guy called the pin who has an enforcer called tug and they're they're all involved in in you know emily's uh emily's death because uh allegedly she stole the the brick of heroin uh that that yeah the movie refers to yeah uh i'm not sure how much progress we're gonna have describing the plot and having the audience <laughs> uh you know follow along because it was, well, it, was hard, it was hard enough to follow along watching the movie. Um, yeah. But basically, he, he, he manages to get in contact with the, with the, with the, the drug dealer who's supplying the drugs that are going to the high school. He's called The Pin, i.e. Kingpin. Um, he's kind of a cool character. I really like The Pin. Uh, he lives... He, 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 everyone is young. So he's, like, slightly out of high school, and they're all in high school. And he, like, lives... Yeah, I think m- they refer to him as being old and 26. Yeah. Which... Yeah. <laughs> Even though I think line. he's under 26. Um, yeah, and when he meets him first, like they take him to like this house, like out out somewhere, and they meet in the basement. And this basement reveal is the is the David Lynch scene I was talking about because he has a club foot and the angle. There's just one. He's in a basement room with just one one lamp, and the angle and everything really felt like a, a David Lynch scene. And then after like uh, they seem to be getting on, it's not he's uh, he's not going to be killed by the pin. They go upstairs, and then uh, the pin's mom brings the orange juice. And it's just like it's like a snapback to reality. Like, oh yeah, they're all in high school. Like he lives with his mom. His mom brings their friend. It's like he's got his friends over, and his mom brings the orange juice. I really like that scene. That was cool. Uh, Tugger is the the right hand man, the muscle of the pin, and he dresses just it's just perfect. He dresses just like 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 a like these like thugs you would see in like these like thugs in quotes like these eighteen year old like kids who thought they were hard like back in the two thousands like he has like a tank top like a beanie hat like it's totally yeah the jacked. beanie <laughs> it's just it's just the perfect like like mid two thousands aesthetic I remember these people used to be like everywhere like I remember being a kid because like two thousand five like I was in elementary school so I remember like the the high school kids used to look like tug like it was just crazy. Uh, going back, just seeing such a such a pure decaption because it isn't a big budget movie because they don't have the you know the costume wardrobes and then the the makeup and the blah blah blah. If they just captured what was real, and so Cugger just looks like a, like like one of these guys from two thousand and five. So that was really nice. Um, yeah, I actually got a got a feeling from the movie like a real like like I miss high school feeling, and I don't normally get that because by the time high school was done, I was so done with it. So watching that movie, it's like, oh man, like, 
like I just I had like a bit of nostalgia for, for high school and for for those times that are long gone. Yeah, there's definitely something about like you know the American high school experience that neither of us had that is just like fed to us through all of this pop culture. And like we want it, despite no one really enjoying high school. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, you, I, I you had know. more of a, an American high school experience th- than most because I went to an alternative school that had the K through twelve system. We didn't have school uniforms. We had lockers, like like the Americans do. Oh wow! Okay. So <laughs> I, I had a I had a much my my high school experience was much more like the American experience than 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 the British one. Like I remember when I when I moved to to England, uh, from Scotland, and people were talking about like this thing called sixth form college. I literally had no idea what the fuck that was. And then they told me, oh, it's like the last two years of high school are separate from the rest of high school and they call it something else. They call it they call it college. And that was just like, like that was such a mind fuck for me because I'd never heard that before. In Scotland, college means like community college. So when yeah. these, these kids or even the professors were talking about like college, I was literally so confused what they were talking about. Uh, so yeah, I think I had a much more American high school experience than than most kids in these islands. Yeah, I, I I think that's that's one of the like, you know, we've tried to explain the plot and we've sort of failed, you know, failed at that, which is fine because a lot of uh, you know, as a fan of film noir, at, at a certain point, you know, you're getting into your first few film noir films, and then you just realize the plot really doesn't matter in any of them and oftentimes it's deliberately convoluted so you don't understand what's going on and it's just this like amazing you know exposition background dialogue to the conflict that's happening like between the characters so all, all like in a way it's not it's not like a classic murder mystery where the joy is in like discovering who who the murderer is in, in noir, I think it's like, you know, watching the characters break down and fail and, you know, uh, uh, get into all, all, all sorts of situations. But yeah, it's it's mainly it's mainly about atmosphere, which I think this movie does brilliantly because uh, the high school stuff is great. It was actually shot in Ryan Johnson's own high school in his hometown, which... I think it's super interesting that, like, you know, he must have gone through some trauma or some, like, really, really powerful memories that he wanted to return there as a 30-year-old for his first film. Yeah, and I also like this kind of blend of, okay, it's high school, but there's also some, like, some, like, detective, like, tropes that are, like, forced in there when they really don't belong, but it just works so well. So when he, when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is talking to the, I guess it's the school principal or it's the head of discipline or something like that, it was one of the, the school staff. And it's just, it's just exactly like in any of these, like, movies, especially from the 20th century, where there's a conflict between, like, the detective who just needs to solve the case and his supervisor. And his supervisor is saying, you know, you're, you're, you're way out of line, you're out of control, um, this isn't your case anymore, you know, I'm, I'm taking you off duty. And the conversation with him, between him and the the school principal, is just like that. The 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 shot, the angles, the camera work is just like uh, it would be in 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 some of these like actual detective movies. The language they use, the everything about it was just so nice because it totally didn't belong in in a in a setting of a, a child who's who's feeding the school principal information on some bad kids at school. But it was just it just really really worked. I just I loved that vibe so much. 
Yeah, it's it's like the massive desk, and you know he he uh, bangs his fist on the table. It's like, God damn it, you know I I won't have this. Uh, yeah, it, it's the the whole film has a lot of these. You know, I I think it's part of the reason why I respect, but I don't love it. Just just because the like at points it seems like slightly overwritten, slightly too clever. Oh, but I love so that. I, that's that's what made the movie for me. That was a cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, because like you know the 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 femme fatale character Laura. You mentioned how everyone looks very high schooly. Like she she looks really out of place to me. I don't see that. Really? Actually. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Just like the... I, I wouldn't imagine someone with like short hair like dating the main, like, you know, the quarterback at the, the school. Uh, like she, she seems very deliberately like 1920s, 1930s looking with like that, that Chinese uh, dress at the party and, and that sort of stuff. No, I, I totally buy it. I'm sorry, Peter. I totally, I totally buy it. <laughs> Maybe, maybe because I want to, but I do. <laughs> okay, and uh, yeah, there's that. There's like the dial, the dialogue where uh, you know, I I think there's a seed where like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in, in the in the phone booth. They're always in phone booths in this movie, and he's uh, he's calling the brain, and he's like, "Oh, I've got knives in my eyes." And I was trying to figure, like, what does that mean? And I think it means he's hungover or something, or he's, like, not feeling well. <laughs> but it, it, it's this very, like, heightened, you know, unrealistic dialogue. And a, a bit of slang I picked up was, I didn't know what duck soup meant. Apparently it means something, like, a sure thing, a very easy thing to do. Okay, but okay that, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that either. Yeah, in the, in that last scene uh, where yeah they confront each other on the on the football field and they basically they they essentially explain the the plot. He does he does say like oh you thought it was duck soup, uh, yeah, which yeah. <laughs> slightly confused me. But you know, good old urban dictionary mm-hmm. solved solved that one. Yeah, I think some of the some of the like detective uh, themes that come into it. Um, are influenced by the director's reading of uh, Dashiell Hammett books, like the the Maltese Falcon. Apparently, according to the wiki, uh, they they were a big influence for for him to write that that movie. So I think that's yeah, where that like this nineteen thirties nineteen forties slang and and these terms like just slip in, which I which I love. Yeah, and that he like he makes it work as well as it possibly can. I think, yeah. especially on that like. The really low budget, it like it still look. It, it's a very beautiful looking movie. Yes, it I is. love how like uh, yeah. it's all blue tinted, but it's always like sunny. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's like always sunny, but it's always gloomy. At the yes, same time. exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel it, it doesn't feel like sunny California. It no, feels too no. gloomy for that. Um. I think another thing that makes the movie feel feel, feel higher budget and feel so well produced is, is the amazing original score, mm. which uh, like it really sets up the theme. It's not it's not just like when when you get a movie on that budget, normally you don't have that kind of that kind of music going with it, especially original. Yeah, I think it's the score is done by his brother, the director's brother, 
and the the cinematographer you know the who does the camera work is like an old school friend and they've they basically work together on every movie ryan johnson does yeah. which which is kind of a nice yeah. nice thing i yeah. guess uh, just back on the dialogue uh, point i noticed that the pitten was one of the few characters not to use um overly you know mid-century language like he would just speak like a, like a young person which I, I felt was deliberate. I could be wrong, but I really felt like that was deliberate. Why? I don't know why, but uh, I noticed that and kind of cool, I guess, especially with his mom serving orange juice. <laughs> well, I think it's like the majority of the characters don't use it. It's mainly Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the, the Femme Fatales. Yeah. But since since they're so and important... The brain. Yeah, the brain a bit, yeah. Uh, Which like, is most of the cast but... at this point. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm just saying, like, that, like, they're the ones that are sort of out of place in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, the rest of the world is, like, normal around them, yeah. but they're, uh, they're, they're the ones that are using all, all, all the old dialogue. Um, yeah, I loved, uh, you mentioned that shot, uh, you know, with the pin, the, the, the David Lynch thing going on. Like there are points where the camera is like unsettlingly low. Yes, and like you know, it does all these zooms, and they do the way they handle action. I found is quite interesting because mm-hmm. it's it's these like explosions of violence. Yeah, where yeah. like it's really quiet, and then there's like a big like exaggerated punch. Yeah, or but or, not like, too exaggerated you... to make it seem like slapstick. Like you, it feels violent. Yes, but it, but it, it definitely like also feels slightly unreal. Yes. Just the way the camera like probably zooms in or that does like that does a movement and the I think one of the best sequences in it, apart from like the beginning where where you see the dead body, which is really powerful, but mm-hmm. uh, is the is it the guy with the knife who chases Joseph Gordon Levitt? Yeah, and it's like most of the time you just. You, you see them run and you just hear the footsteps and they basically do they do this like intense an- action sequence using mainly just sound like very very like little action happens apart from some running but it's it, it's still nonetheless it's really exciting oh. yeah right the, any the... any closing thoughts on closing on thought I thought we were just getting started Oh, you have more to say. Um, Go let me on. just check my notes. Um, some of them I have no idea what I'm talking about in these notes. I watched this movie. Okay, well, one night. thing. Yeah. One one thing I I had was, what season is it? What time of year is it? Yes, that's what that's what's weird because 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 again it's California, um, and it, and it's it's sunny but also a bit gray, and also a bit gloomy. I and also they wear jackets. So I felt like it was, it was maybe early, like maybe March. That Ooh, kind of time, or like autumn, maybe, or maybe autumn. Like yeah, either. October. Yeah. Yeah, it could be October. Yeah, October sounds like a good candidate. It wasn't winter. It wasn't summer. Uh, yeah, another the thing town re- is yeah, uh, San Clemente. Sorry. Okay. To, okay. In Orange County. Yeah, so that's pretty far south. So. Could even be later than, than October. Could even be November or something. 
Uh, another scene I loved was at the Tug's house, how all his like crew are all dressed like him. They're all wearing tank tops and beanies and all jet <laughs> and have baseball bats. I just loved that. I thought it was just just like a nice a nice editorial decision. I really wonder what the like, you know, what what the explanation for the pins uh, mom not not knowing her son is like a heroin dealer, <laughs> like <laughs> he's inviting all these like thugs to his to his basement. <laughs> what the, doesn't doesn't Joseph Gordon Levitt like? Uh, He's unconscious, and they wake him up. Yeah, in the basement yeah, in or the basement, like that. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you know, know, I wonder just how kids they get past the mom. This yeah. was back before. That was this was before woke. This was back when kids used to just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also love the pin's van. How he has a lamp in his van. He has like this like beat up like old van, and he rides around the back, and it's like all plushed out, like on a budget. And so he has a like, yeah. lamp there and stuff. That was really cool. It was like he's trying to be he's trying to be like uh, like driving around in his limo, but it's like a cheap old van. I imagined it being like a hearse or something. Mm-hmm. You, you know, to, to the the big uh, the big back area. But yeah, what what what's the realism of like high schoolers being involved in heroin dealing? Yeah, normally it's not it's not kids like that that are involved in the heroin dealing. It's not. Yeah, because they yeah. they all say okay. Apart from Tug, yeah, apart like from they Tug. all they all seem like okay, and maybe like the emo druggy kid, but like the, he's they all dealer. seem kind he's of just, normal. He, he's a user. Yeah, but they're like seventeen. You know, I yeah. don't. <laughs> who who in Orange County, <laughs> Southern California? Is is a heroin dealer at seventeen? Yeah. They, they probably like they would just vape or something. Nowadays. Well, not in two thousand five. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 not in two thousand five, obviously. But like, yeah. even in two thousand five, I doubt they were. But but yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, and it wouldn't be those kids. It would be harder kids. Hmm. But no, but I love well, the aesthetic of the pin. Yeah, I'm just imagining how, like, you know, what his heroin, I don't know where it comes from, China or something. Like, him meeting, well, like, the, the... Oh, yeah, that, that that too. Like, him meeting the real, like, gang people uh, at some, like, you know, port in California <laughs> and trying to convince <laughs> him that, like, he's a serious guy. <laughs> yeah, the Sinaloa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, MS thirteen. Yeah. Uh, did Did you ever read that Twitter thread by the guy who claimed to like have scammed MS thirteen out of some heroin? No, no, I didn't hear about this. Oh, it's it's an amazing story. It was like some guy. Uh, it went viral. It had like you know tens of thousands of likes. It was a long you know 30, 30 tweet thread, and it was basically he he like bought a used car. And then uh, that car, like, had a brick of, like, coke or heroin in it. And uh, he, he was, like, trying to sell it back. And basically, the story's like, oh, he, he managed to scam them out of, like, $200,000 or, or something. And uh, this guy wrote it as a true story. And it, it was all fiction. Because, like, two days later after the Fred went viral he had to clarify because apparently like ms13 people were after him <laughs> like to try and try and get back their stolen drugs 
yeah, I'll, I, I should try and find a link to that yeah. and maybe put it in the show notes if we if we end up having show notes. Right. Any, you know, not, not to put you onto closing thoughts again, but any, no, it's okay. any other it's okay. stuff you want to you I like that there, was a, there was a Tolkien reference, which I liked. Um, I liked, I liked the, the black girl. I thought she was funny. Um, I'd like another, like, I, I like when, when movies like that, like have more than one, like female interest. So she was, hmm. she added something. Um, let's see. No, I think I covered everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think the final point, like, on the school seems very, like, depopulated to me. I think that's because of the low budget. and It, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, they filmed But it really, can, like, yeah. it emphasizes, like, his loneliness. Yeah. And how all the characters are apart from each other. Because you see all these, like, shots of the school... But never is it like, you know, tons of kids in the hallway, like going into their lockers. It's always like one or two people. The rest of the school is abandoned. They have, the, they, they have like, you know, there's a fight in the car. Yeah, and, and that fits, and like that fits with, with time, him using, using yeah. the, the brain as his like, surrogate to, to get in contact with people. Like he, if it, yeah. it, it feels that he's very, there's, there's always one degree of separation between him and high school society. Right. Okay. So we'll move on to the the kid detective now from twenty uh, twenty. This is a movie like, yeah. I was figuring out what to pair Brick with, and I had recently watched the kid detective, and I'm I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, I I think yeah. You're more on the Brick side. I'm more on the kid detective side, just because I like. Brick is probably, you know, a better made movie, more impressive for its low budget. But I think The Kid Detective is like, it's funny. It's a good mystery. It's it's still, you know, basically like this underrated indie movie that no one's seen. It's some Canadian movie by a first time director. It came out in 2020 during the pandemic. I think probably never got a cinematic release has been like stuck on streaming and uh, it's a good pair because it's sort of it's brick but grown up so the the premise of it is it follows a guy called the abe applebaum who's yeah props to the name (laughs) yes who's um who's known as the kid detective as a child you know he solved all these all these mysterious cases in uh, his hometown. And, you know, what, what, what are some of the examples? I think there's, like, the missing, like, charity money. Someone, uh, there's a really dark one about, like, someone, uh, so they found blood on someone's car. And it turns out to be, like, the kid's dad is a murderer. Yeah, the kid asked, uh, asked the kid found blood in his dad's car and asked Abe Applebaum to to find out what went on and turned out the dad was the got arrested because it was he was responsible for the blood that doesn't go into any more detail than that yeah so at the beginning of the movie you get basically this this montage of all of the kid detectives like uh solving all, all the cases he solved and it does it 
it shows the tone because you know it's all this like light light-hearted stuff bit bit of comedy and then then you get like one of the cases in the montage which is there for like a minute is this kid's dad being arrested for murder but uh you know that that just goes on and we find abe i think he's like probably in his early 30s 32 and he's still okay thank thanks for that he he's still running uh the detective agency he set up as a kid but he's haunted by the disappearance of essentially his his secretary who was was this girl they were they were both 12 called gracie gulliver who who disappeared you know a missing person case that neither he nor the police were ever able to uh you know discover who was behind it so now now he's just this like depressed schlub you, you know using alcoholic sort of guy comes into the office late uh, the, the office is basically empty and cobweb ridden he has he has a horrible new secretary and he's uh he you know someone someone knocks on this door and it's this uh local girl from the high school who says that her her boyfriend has has been murdered murdered so that that, that that's the real hook of the movie what what did you think abraham I thought it was a good movie. It was just it was just a nice, well-made movie. My favorite uh, thing about it was like this: they really took like Chekhov's gun as a serious principle. So every single reference in 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 the movie like comes up again some sometime later. So like there's there's a uh, there's a reference to peanut butter because one of the kids from back when he was a kid detective, the reason that that one of the items from his locker was stolen and not the others is because the person who stole it was allergic to peanuts and that that reference that comes back 30 years later um same with um there was a bunch of other ones i, I should have written them down the, there's the uh the grape soda grape soda where... there's the wind the window he says always open a window um when you go into a house that comes back um photogenic he says that the parents of of of, of the girl who's hired him look photogenic Turns out later that it was just a photo. Um, it was lot, lots and lots and lots of that. Every time there's a, like, an innocuous reference to something, it comes back later in the movie. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, I uh, like that. That's the thing that most impressed me is is the script of this movie, which which I think just works really well. You know, it gives you it gives you some background. It gives you a compelling, you know, main character who has all sorts of problems. Uh, it has, you know, a solid number of jokes. Everything's set up. Everything pays off, and the it manages really what. Yes, and it manages what I, I think is, uh, you know, what what elevates it is, you know, the movie's bumbling along for the first half, two thirds, and then like by the final reveal, it gets super dark in a way that you really don't expect. Yeah, I yeah. think. And it, it all ties together perfectly. And then at the the very end, it like becomes slightly funny again, but uh, it, it pulls that off amazingly, yeah. Yeah. I feel. Uh, my favorite uh, line from the movie was uh, sexless and irrelevant. That's how, that's how the principal describes the, the, the murdered boyfriend of uh, the girl who hired him. I thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah, they're, 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 so there's that, a that's an interesting aspect. So the, the the this girl, she's you know just this, like 
I guess she's meant to be slightly nerdy or something like that. Imagine, if you want to picture this girl, imagine, like, a wholesome, nerdy version of Michaela Peterson. And that's exactly who this girl is. The way she talks with a Canadian accent, oversized eyes, blonde hair. She really looks like, looks and sounds like, like Michaela Peterson, but wholesome and, uh, yeah. She's not flogging the lion diet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, her, her boyfriend in this, who's never seen on screen i think but he is uh a, a asian and uh the, the the detective uh you know questions the parents mm-hmm. and there's like it's very subtle but there are like interesting dynamics there where like you know he's the asian boyfriend so you know he's he's seen as sex sexless and ir- irrelevant but then you find out like he was probably into drugs and he was in like it play he plays against type slightly. Yeah. So uh when the detective yeah. and the girl are interviewing one of his friends who's like this this like fat kid, um, <laughs> uh he's he he's he's like trying to like uh dance around the question because he doesn't want to embarrass the, the girl. But then when he finally is pushed and, and he, he he spills the beans, he's like he has a concubine, and that was just an amazing line. I love that so much because that, that's the way I would think if I was in his position. I would also frame it like that. Yeah, how is that? So, so uh, what? One of the plot aspects is like that. There's a mysterious photo of like a naked girl in a cat mask in, mask. in the okay tiger mask in the in the boyfriend's locker, and I feel the kid detective interviews her, and she's like. She's sort of implied to be a prostitute, but not not really. I like I I, I forgot the exact like. Yeah, it felt more like she was just met. like a like a wild side side chick. I didn't okay. I didn't pick up on prostitute vibes, but I could be wrong. But I like well, that the I, fat kid framed it as a concubine rather than as oh he's instead of saying oh he, I'm sorry he's cheating on you because he has like the teenage like like uh, you know um, blowing everything out of proportion mind like exaggerating mind. He's like oh he has he has a concubine, <laughs> so I really like that. Because that's what I yeah I, I did find it funny how like that the fat kid is like clearly looks several years younger than all the yeah all the yeah. other characters <laughs> who are meant to be of the same age because <laughs> uh, yeah the, the otherwise the, the the scenes wouldn't wouldn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. What one of one of the things I I was asking myself through this movie is you know. Is Abe Applebaum a good detective? You know, from what we see on screen, is he is he good? Well, it turns out that a lot of the, or at least one of the big cases he solved as a kid, he didn't solve it. He put, he put it on the wrong guy. Um, he couldn't solve the the, the case of of uh, the, the Gulliver Girls murder. Um, mm. And then it felt like it was a bit of there was a bit of a bit of luck in the fact that he solved the the Asian kids murder. So I'm not too sure how great a detective he is. Yeah, I, I think I, I read a re- review of this film, which said it, it, uh, it, it's a film about the failure of adults mm-hmm. where every, every single adult in this film is essentially horrible. You know, the, the principal who spoiler, you know, commits the murder and the, the kidnapping, uh, Obviously, the police chief who fails to, you know, solve two of these cases, and you know, it's shown as incompetent. The Abe's uh, parents, who 
are clearly actually just horrible parents. I, I didn't. <laughs> like, I, I didn't find that at all. Really? No, I, I thought I, they were. I, they were trying their best. They're they're trying to stop bailing him out and telling him to get a real job. I didn't find anything wrong with his parents. So I I, I definitely did in the sense, uh, you know, if he's if he's not a good detective, which you know appears to be the case. I, I there's there's some uh, there's some ambiguity there. I figure you you can be kind of generous towards him. You know, he does eventually solve the case, but not uh, probably not through his own genius. But like he he, he all, all the adults elevate him to this position as the local celebrity kid detective. You know, there's there, there's the funny scene where he gets promised free ice cream for life as a kid. And you know, keeps cashing it in as yeah. this like hug over thirty year old, and the, the the ice cream, the elderly ice cream man just has so much contempt for him. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you wonder how much how much profit he's losing each each week on that. But uh, yeah, where where was I going? The 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 adults, uh, you know, falsely basically raise up this kid. Who's not a good detective at all, and then uh, you, you know, so he does well, and then then immediately when he stops doing well, they drop him. Yeah, and then they 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 sort of you know start making fun of him. Uh, there, there, there's a scene where you know he he meets his family and they're 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 being quite condescending to him, and he he gets angry. I think he says like, "Oh, I solved fifty mysteries or something." Two hundred. Like I closed. Yeah, 200 no, two hundred. <laughs> But it's the oh, I thought he said like mysteries, which may, makes it even funnier. But maybe, maybe I just uh, you know exaggerated that. But um, yeah, and then but at the end when he does solve the case, the parents are really like you know obsequious, trying to get back into his good graces, and not really understanding like the trauma that he goes through yeah. when like. You know, he he failed to solve solve the uh, the kidnapping of his his best friend, and then you know his best best friend is discovered to be alive, kidnapped by the principal who like rapes and sexually assaults her. And it it's who is that Austrian guy who did this? Uh, it, it it's based on that, I think. And uh, you know, the, the the very last scene, the parents come in. They're all like really happy, congratulating him. How's the business going? You know, it's all good. And then he, then he basically breaks down crying, and the title card comes up with this jolly music, which, yeah. which I thought was a <laughs> uh, uh, kind of bittersweet way way to end things. But. Any any other Yeah, and any any thoughts on like other specific parts of this movie? There was like, one like, thing I just just a very, very frivolous thing that I noticed was he says to his parents at one point, Can I get you some tea? And that that was like one of the few few ways that this movie could be distinguished as Canadian rather than, than American. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't. That's not a normal thing in in the U.S. to to offer. Oh, okay. To offer guests your house a cup of tea. That's very much an Anglo thing, that must must have survived in Canada. Well, yeah, the Americans don't. They don't know what a kettle is. They don't know what a kettle like, is. They, they, have, <laughs> they tea for them is, is is cold. Yes. 
So the idea I, that someone would come to your house and you offer them hot tea is, is uh, very unusual in the US. This is slightly off topic, but I, I never understood how iced tea isn't a bigger thing in the UK. You, you know, we do... We have okay summers, like, you know, July, August, September. I, why why aren't people, like, drinking iced tea at uh, Wimbledon or something? I... I I never got why why it never never made that transition. I think it's because people they 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 like their tea a certain way, and they don't they they would see that as that's not tea. What do you mean? Tea is hot and comes with milk or sometimes sugar. I think I think it's like a psychological thing. Yeah, and it probably it probably is the milk thing, maybe. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But also, like, I think people either... also don't like overly sweet tea, and a lot of American iced tea is very sweet. Mm. Like if you buy like I, I, if you buy like Lipton iced tea from the from the store, it's usually like has like more sugar than a than a Coke. Yeah, but in, interestingly, like that, the iced tea is like a thing in Europe. Just you, you know, you you have it at like soda fountains in in, in Europe. Where, oh yeah. Whereas here, yeah. It, it's quite difficult to get. You you yeah. could probably get it like a really big supermarket or a or a like corner store that has like strange suppliers mm -hmm. but um yeah uh, uh, j j just a thought on that uh the i see i wouldn't have noticed it was canadian because it all like the, the whole town that it's set in seems like this american suburban yeah suburban thing yeah. but maybe canada's like that too i, I think, think canada is is some somewhat like that there was, there was just a couple of like accent uh, moments that I, that I felt okay this is obviously canadian the the girl um the principal as well and i think someone around the dinner table maybe in the aunt one of the the, the the scene you mentioned where he goes for dinner with his parents while he's still a loser there was a couple of like oh yeah that's definitely a canadian accent moments apart from that the tea was the only distinguishably canadian feature of the movie yeah i think it does like it's probably something to do with the funding, but like uh, the main actor Adam Brody, apparently he's sort of famous. I've I've never seen him in something, but uh, he's 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 like probably like a C-list you know American actor who's who who's done stuff. But the rest of the cast is like homegrown you know Canadian Canadian people. So so I think that that yeah that that that's what makes it Canadian. The the only other, yeah, the Asian dad I've seen in in certain films. I think he was in Arrival, briefly, and then uh, the the there's a character of the Goff secretary who's after Abe's other secretary's kidnapped. Uh, at some point, he gets this Goff secretary who's who's like a quite a funny comic relief character. <laughs> Uh, you know, dressed all in black and just does a horrible job and has like parties on the job. She was uh, the actress played the daughter on Veep. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, I mean, there's no real reason to watch Veep anymore. It's it's yeah. not, you know, the Sarah Palin jokes. On it's funny how that show was like it was meant to be a parody of like Sarah Palin. But it it foreshadowed Kamala Harris more more than it did Sarah Palin <laughs> actually. <laughs> but uh, any 
any like comparisons between the two films that you noticed like the the one thing that stood out to me was was the role of lockers so in uh in brick they're always like sneaking something in their locker and the the big clue i think in the kid detective are these uh series of origami roses that are uh given to both both the the murder guy's girlfriend and the initial uh the initial kidnapped girl get these uh get get these origami roses which is the which is the clue that helps uh detect the detective you know put everything together yeah i actually didn't notice that many parallels to be honest um i felt they're very very different movies the only connection is that there's some some but the thing was also with the kid detective there wasn't that much high school stuff going on like there was one scene no. in the high school where they go at night um but that was really it. it didn't feel like a high school movie at all well i i i think there are like uh you know you you've got the sort of broken detective main character which which is in both of them it's it's not so much of a high school movie but it both of them have the thing where like the the main like for, for lack of a better word, sin in the movie is sex. You, you know, a lot of, uh, film noir is either about basically money or sex, mm-hmm. really. And both of these are about, uh, yeah, about about lust and like, uh, you, you know, Brick has the teen the teen pregnancy. I don't know if we even alluded to that, but that's that's a, a quite important plot point and. The, the kid detective has, uh, you know, the principal lusting after after the students. Yeah, fair enough. That's that's that is a comparison. Um, but but the the kid detective did not feel film noir, and there was no there was no femme fatales in the kid detective. See, I I, I think it, it, I think it. Did feel slightly like film noir, but but it, definitely in a different way because it, it 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 is more of a comedy. Like there are there are because, because the, the main character, s- the main character, there was no romance around him. He was no, not tempted. That, he was true. not tempted by any woman or anything like that. There wasn't there wasn't that tension of him like having to do the right thing in the face of uh, seduction. Yes, but there, there, there is like you know he's he was he's he was still a kid he was still the kid he's... detective in the movie. Ah, that, that that that's a that's a good way of putting it actually. He didn't face any yeah, other challenges. It, it's not as clearly noir, and yeah, you have the 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 kidnapped girl. Obviously, since she's been so traumatized, she sort of stays in a kid state at, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the film. So maybe maybe that's sort of like a metaphor, where uh, you know he's this is the case that will finally help him to to grow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. that's a good a good point. Yeah, because it's like it's a coming of age film, but for a thirty year old, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which which is a very yeah, much we're... a twenty first century theme. We got a lot of <laughs> man boys running around. Yeah, I I mean that that that's certainly true, but uh, yeah, the the other thing, 
Oh, I, I'm I'm trying to think. I I I had. I had a good point on this. You know, c continue talking. Tell me. You know. And, and, and the thing else that jumps out at you. Yeah, the, I think earlier you mentioned like this contrast between this being a kid movie and also um, there's like the very dark themes at the end. Like it sort of comes out of nowhere that you don't expect that. There's there's several like little points across the movie. Like there's a lot of swearing. Like the F word is used, the C word is used. And that kind of, again, jars with the, the kind of aesthetic of this is kind of like a family-friendly movie. Um, and then that sort of leads you up to the very like... Uh, messed up ending yeah um, it definitely has the the like the darkness between the suburb uh, beneath the suburb and like you know uh the suburban exterior where i i think it's mentioned that like the school bullies during the kid detectives high school uh times are now like the big drug gang at the school uh uh not at the school in in the town and it's all like everything's decaying, and uh, you, you know it's all it's all sort of layered there. But then, uh, yeah, what I wanted to mention was like we we said very early on that that probably the most impressive thing about the the script is like the setup always pays off. Yeah, like in every single thing. Yeah, yeah. and one of the ways it does it is through the comedy where uh you you know that there's this joke about him hiding in people's closets and there's like an extended and i think hilarious seed where like he hides in someone's closet yeah. for like such a long yeah. time yeah. <laughs> uh, when he was a kid he would always get discovered in hiding in people's closet and it was like oh it's so cute oh detective abe is, is hiding in the closet and then when it, when he does it as an adult uh he gets arrested and the newspaper accuses him of like Doing uh, unbecoming stuff in a little girl's bedroom. Yeah, he's a he's a peepeg tom. But uh, there's, yeah, he he's like in that cupboard for like five hours or something, <laughs> and you see him like sweating. And uh, the, the, there's, I I found the bit where uh, I I think he's first in the the fat kid's bedroom, and then he's in his sister's bedroom. You know, he's trying to look for some sort of clue. And the he he's hoping they'll go away, go downstairs or something. But they both sit down at their computers and start playing Pong, which I I thought I don't know why why the use of Pong was so funny to me. Yeah. It's like I don't <laughs> I don't think kids these days would really find it that amusing. But uh, to be fair, everyone everyone at my school played like mm. Tetris on the school computers. Mm. So maybe maybe these things don't age. <laughs> you know, they're still yeah. There was also a couple of interesting, like, millennial Zoomer moments between him and the the girl who hired him, where, like, he, he talks about how the the diner, which was the coolest, like, the hang, coolest hangout spot back in the day, they used to serve breakfast for dinner and dinner for breakfast, and the Zoomer girl is just like, why? And he gets, <laughs> like, frustrated with that, and the, uh, there was quite a few moments like that between them, where she has, like, the Zoomer mindset, he has, like, the nostalgic millennial mindset, and there's, like, an uh, interesting playoff. Yeah, this is definitely, I hope, a diner appreciation podcast. And, you know, For real? Any movie with a diner scene <laughs> or, you know, anyone who understands the beauty <laughs> of having breakfast at any time, you know, having, you know, I have I like I think I've been to like several diners, but I've I haven't reached peak yeah. diner yet. Yeah, no, you have to go across and the Atlantic it's... for that. Yeah, I, I, I think I do. 
I think there was there there are like one or two in London maybe but yeah. I, I think yeah. COVID might have killed them off. Yeah. But like proper, I think they were even like twenty-four hour diners. Mm-hmm. But uh... but the thing is, a lot of some of the ones here, like they get too cliched. Like if they're trying to copy the like the normal American diner too much, it can become like a like a kind of like a theme park experience rather than something authentic. So there's this line between. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 like you're... like the, the remember that place we went to in Battersea. They still have like, oh, the, yes. me- menus yeah. and, the menus and prices from like 20 years ago and like this old, like, I don't know, Italian or Albanian guy running it and we paid him in cash. And that 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 was more of like an authentic diner experience, even though maybe the menu wasn't wasn't a one to one with an American diner. Then I think some yeah, of these yeah. mopping 1950s diner restaurants are. And I, I asked for a full English at like 6 p.m. Yeah. And he like raised an eyebrow but gave it to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I, I asked for... You could see asked, him like pouring yeah. the frozen hash browns out of a big sack. <laughs> like... I asked for like a small milkshake and he gave me a large one and it didn't charge me the difference and just winked at me. Yeah, it was, it was that was great. Yeah, it, I I will I'll, I'll defend the theme park uh, restaurants a little because you know people can look down on them, but uh, I I do get like pleasure out of like gimmicky you know gimmicky theme park restaurants. Sometimes I don't, what, what well, I want but... I want to sit down I want to have a coffee cup and have some like sour faced or very friendly depending on the mood like middle-aged woman come and just refill my coffee without me asking that's that's what i want i never had that i think i, I need to need to take a you know a seven hour flight for that to happen yeah i'd like a fat stack of pancakes yeah or, or waffles or something yeah definitely and the, the i want the table to have uh not maple syrup because that would be too expensive but like their fructose syrup yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a big, large plastic bottle that you're allowed to like, you know, use to your own desires. Dude, I've got to take you to Costco. Next time, next time we're within the vicinity of a Costco, we have to go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to poach my dad's membership card from him, and then we'll go to Costco. <laughs> okay, well, any any closing thoughts on either the brick or the kid detective? Um. No, I think I, I think I think we covered it. I would recommend the audience definitely watch Brick. What a what a great movie! I think we need to watch more detective. I need I need to watch more detective movies. I always I always really appreciate detective movies, and then I don't go and watch more. So I need to. Yeah, um, it's true. I never when I first watched Brick, I I didn't get it, and that's why I stopped watching it. But after after going into like having a film noir phase. I started to appreciate what what they were doing much more. Yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I, one, one I, my... I recommend both of these films. They are like the Kid Detective, although dark, is like a film you could just put on and watch with you know light entertainment. That's not stupid. Yeah, yeah. Is what it is. Whereas Brick is like more more for like a film nerd sort of you know. It's more of a cult classic. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Um, no, I was just going to say that one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, L.A. Confidential, and yeah, I just love I love detective movies, but I I don't seem to watch enough for some reason. So maybe I need to get on that. Well, hopefully, perhaps on the next few episodes of the Grey Album Podcast, we'll yeah. uh, watch a few yeah, more detective yeah, yeah. Uh, things. And I guess with that, we'll we'll leave you. 
Yeah. Until next time. See you next time, guys. Bye.